This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Anybody have any questions for the Shiva? Any area? You call them? Introduce yourself, please. Tell me what your name, where you're from. Uh, my name is Jesse Dixler. I'm from Baltimore. Oh, where did you learn before? Uh, CI Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is like uh, too too expansive of a question, but um, how do you explain the lack of evidence for a worldwide flood? Say the question a little louder. Like I want to hear your. Like, no, no, fine, what, fine, what fine. Do you say fine, to fine, fine. Worldwide flood. How do you explain the lack of evidence for a worldwide flood? Okay, so I my main problem is I'm not sure exactly a what the nature of it was. In other words, how much water, how deep, what type. I mean, the psukim are very general. They they tell us. That there was some some sort of great uh, catastrophe. Um, it, it's very hard to translate it fact by fact. We don't know if it was only in the places where there was a yeshiv at the time, or literally the entire world. None of these things we know exactly. So I don't know what evidence. If if if, we, if I have a clearly defined idea what the flood was, where did all the water come from? Um, had it disappear again? It, 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 it's, so, it's like telling you, well, somebody did something, but I'm not telling you where or when or how, and then getting evidence. So I don't know exactly. It, it, the Pasuk tells me very little except the entire world was destroyed by water. It mentions something about Arubis HaShemayim, Thomas Oretz. Um, all of these things are things that Chazal tells some more things, but nothing that I have any idea what would be. I, the world definitely went through many devastations. We, we have the geological record fit. What I would expect, I don't know. That's, that's why that and creation, we have so little information. Uh, I, I, if we find something, the fact, one thing we see is that the world went through many catastrophic periods. But exactly what, I don't know. I mean, you, you find all sorts of um, water creatures and high mountains. You find shell that was actually one of the things that started people thinking about the fossil record. Um, but it doesn't follow anything um, that we would expect. The problems we don't know what to expect. So I don't know. The answer to that is, if I knew what to look for, I, I'd be in a better position. I don't know. Well, I mean, even if you're dealing with the lowest scale, where, like you mentioned, it would have destroyed all the civilizations at the time. We don't have evidence for all civilizations at the time being wiped out at once. I mean, each one obviously disappeared at its own time, right. but, you know, we have evidence of, I, I believe we have evidence of civilizations going, I mean, this is relatively recent, right. on, the, on a geological scale, right. evidence of them going through that time completely undisturbed. So, I mean, I, I, I know. whatever the nature was, we would have record of something. So I, I don't know what, uh, again, I, I, I have so little idea of what to expect. In other words, it says it was totally dissolved. What does that mean? In other words, can there be evidence of it? Uh, it was reabsorbed in the ground. Did I control who, uh, let me explain to you um, uh, uh, another point. And again, these are conjectures because it says 
the 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 lotion used for a for a flood is mechia memches hey you know emche I will wipe out emche mechia means to to um, not leave a trace w- w- was it done in a way where Kachbrokel wanted not even a trace of civilization left in other words it's almost as if this was um, back to the drawing board again but we do what? what we do find. So I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know which areas. It's it, there are different chazal about different areas. So, so which areas do I expect to find? What do I find? We f- yes, we find things previous. I, 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 I that's what I'm saying. I, I wrestle because I don't. I don't know what I'm supposed to look for. I, I, I can't answer much because of that. I, I have two points. When people speak about creation, the psukim tell me nothing about it, and the flood, the psukim tell me little about it except people were bad. So the psukim indicate what the bad was. The psukim indicate that 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 segment of humanity did not exist anymore, um, and then a whole new humanity sprouted. The, and it's interesting. The Rambam actually Mornavuchim. It's fascinating. It's segueing to it. Rambam Mornav- What? Humanity and animal. Can yes, and 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 the question is, but yet, but but there was. Just like humanity, there was a core saved, and that core. The Rambam says, let, "Let me just segue a second. The Rambam Monavuchim speaks about why the Rambam has a, a parak that deals with all sorts of areas in the Torah that are all sorts of parshas in the Torah that seem to be totally superfluous. Just, just not telling me anything of significance. And one of them is the long, dreary list of nations that came out from from Shem Chamayafis." And we don't know who they are, what they are, just, just names and stuff like that. And the Rambam asks, what's the point of it? And Rambam says the point is as following. He says, we can, we can trace development of language, culture, civilization in terms of years. We know how many years it takes for a language to begin to diversify. And you have all these language groups and the diversification. And you can you, you, you can make a chart and trace it. That's what Rambam says, basically. So somebody's going to ask and say the level of diversification we have in terms of language, culture, peoples, and so on, is way requires a lot more time than the few years we have from 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 the model, basically. He was asking. He was yeah. asking before archaeological evidence would have. Yeah, been but it, it, common sense evidence. It, 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 right, exactly. So he says. So the Torah is explaining that after the flood, there was an unnatural burst of diversification, um, cultures. When it says that all the nations come from, it meant, so it was a revolutionary instead of an evolutionary process. We are kind of made it, made rapid changes that didn't happen other times. Let's give a simple example we know of. if, if we can chart how long it takes for science to develop, and it, it took centuries and centuries, the last century is 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 not. If somebody were to chart how long it took from from counting by racks to the abacus, and from the abacus to simple editing machine, and then project that to computer, we'd need a few more thousand years. It didn't. It happened. The last hundred years have been incredible. Uh, less than 50 years, what? It's exponential growth. Exponential. So he said this was a period where Hashem instituted exponential human diversification. So, so the flood was an erasure of one type of humanity, 
And we don't know, did years people live? All the things that are mentioned in Beitches are strange to us, alien to us. Um, what of the animal life remained? It's, did our Gershbrook make different strains? It doesn't say, I, I, I don't have anything that I can translate really well. So, so the point that I have is a segment of human history is gone, and whatever's left burst out and redeveloped. Uh, were the peoples in different countries in Africa that stayed? Did the floods stay around only Mesopotamia or anywhere else? I don't know. I, I just don't know the answers. So I, I, I have no, no way of, of, of... It just still bothers me because even the lowest level of, of catastrophic effect should, have been, should be something we can know and we don't. Yes, and, and, yet, and yet the Torah calls it, you know, if the fact that Kate's Kolbasa, the, the fact that the Torah said, I want it gone, totally from history of humanity, so I made it in a way that, it, that basically it left, it left nothing. I, 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 you know, I, I don't have an answer to that, except saying that that was the process. Yes? Why did God put us on this world? Why did he put us on this world what? Why did God put us on this world if he doesn't need us to? So that question has two parts to it. Um, in other words, many Sfarim start with the question of why HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us. In Hebrew, there are two words for why. One is Madua, one is Lama. What? Lama, yeah. So the, the, um, the, 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 there's a big difference. Both of them mean why. Madua is very, in modern Hebrew, Madua is very antiquated. And it's kind of, you know, you don't use madua, except if you're learning like Hebrew 1 in Ulpan, you say madua, but you say lama. But there's a big difference in the two, in, the, in their meaning. When I ask you, let's say, um, why, why are you meeting with, with Ruvain? And my answer is, Ruvain has money to invest, you have a business you like to invest, and you're hoping in the meeting to get him to invest money in your business. That's one question of why. A second question is why is, why do you need attention all the time? And that why is addressing not a purpose um, in the future, but addressing a need from the past, so to speak, that prompted you to do something. So when we do things, when I do something, it can be a move towards the future. I'm meeting with you over lunch so that get you to invest in the company, or I'm dying to meet you. I want to take a selfie with you because you're so famous and I need to be, I need to feel like I'm part of the big world. As regards HaKadosh Baruch Hu and us, the most important question we can ask is, what's the purpose of being in the world? What were we put here for? That sets a goal. To ask the why of HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us, it's, it's what do they call it in a computer? Illegal operation? HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, there are no whys in our language for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's actions. Because when you're prompted or motivated for something, that is always, a, um, that's always an assumption that there's a need. So just like I can't ask um, questions in the nature of, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is everywhere, then where am I? Um, all those questions that deal with, with, with infinity, with, with things of that nature, that, that, they're not questions that work. And, and so, so we can ask the why he created us, to what purpose, the Lama. Why Akash Brahmi created us, it's as, un, it's as unaskable. It's like asking, you know, numbers you can do anything with. 
but you can't divide a number by zero, you can't divide two by zero, um, because it's just not an operation that can be done in the system of numbers. It, once we define Akadosh Baruch Hu as not being dependent on anything, and therefore there's no needs that he has, then a question why is an inoperative question. It's like asking, you know, why are atoms the way they are? Yes, uh, that's, uh, yeah, uh, good. Uh, no, uh, 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 the why is the law of nature? Good, uh, good analogy. Yes, sorry. Um, so Introduce yourself, give me a... a um, I'm Zach. From where? Uh, Brooklyn. Zach from Brooklyn, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so... What? <laughs> he, he's your affirmative action New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what's the... Um, What's the, I guess the Torah's view, I don't know how to word this, about um, like psychic abilities with people being able to read other people's like thoughts or emotions and like auras. Like psychic abilities abilities and auras. And like with like that, like that kind of like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like, like the... So holistic healing, all that. You have you have a wide variety of students here. There's an amazing variety. Okay. Um, so, no, that that goes back to more than that. It's like astro projecting. Tell me later after you take some psychedelics, we'll be able to help you. Oh, now I got it. I actually have a question you all. So, the Ramban and the Barbanel, more specifically, the Ramban in one place seems like that. There are. There are physical realities in this world. One, that science deals with the laws of nature and so on. There's divine truth, and that's dealt with Akash Torah, and Nevi'a Emes. There is a segment that is somewhere, it's not physical, um, yet it's not coming, truth coming from Akash not spiritual. It's quasi-spiritual, the, the, and that the, the says, for instance, dreams. There are dreams that are the, that that are. He says there are three things that cause dreams. One is natural neurological functioning. You think about things, your mind hashes it through whatever psychology can explain, and so on. And that's many dreams, most dreams. There are dreams that are true. Akatshbar comes to you and says, "This, this is this." And then there are dreams where you have a sense of things that they're beyond neurological, but they're not absolute truth. They're they far from absolute truth. What? They help you understand something. But, but, it's, but the difference is, so there are these things. There, there, are, there, there are no things that are inexplicable, but the biggest problem we have today is, and, and, they, and, they, and there are bands is also, it's quasi-spiritual. The problem with it is, it's not truth with a capital T. So, uh, I mean, I have a friend of mine, um, he's, he's, a, he's younger than me by 10 years probably, he was my Havrusa, and he, he Shaduchim wasn't going all that well. And he went to a Mekubal, so I went to a Mekubal, um, a strange, you know, I'm not, I'm not a strange Mekubal, but this guy is clean shaven, his wife wore pants, they have a television in the house, but he's a McCobal. I you know, I, I guess <laughs> and my friend and and he um, 
And he had this thing where he, he would put his finger on Tanakh. This Mekubal told him things about his family that were incredible. He, like he said, he, he, knew, he did not know, and my friend is as cynical as they come. He said, like he told him, whoa, there's a big simcha today, this morning in the house. It, his, his parents in America had a boy that they, they made a priest that morning. Mm-hmm. And that was incredible. Two or three things he told him that were really incredible. Then he told him about Shaduchim, and he looked very sad. This Mekubal, and he said, you know, you have a terrible something, a, a, a negative aura to you, and that you're going to remain a bachelor a long time. He was a chassan three months later, <laughs> and I was the shatchan. So, nice. so, 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 so maybe. Rabbi, three months is a very long time to wait. You want me to get involved? Three months of perspective of So, do I need to, to say that the first one was not genuine? Do I need to say, it's, so there's a mixture of, of garbage and good stuff. That, that's, so, so that's, it's, that's why I'm asking that. Like. So, so I'm saying, so I'm saying there is, there is, there seems to be phenomena like that, inexplicable through pure science, but yet it's not, does not fall in emis. Many people, that's how Vodazaurus and Kishuv, all these things got lumped into it, because people saw things that were unique, people saw things that were different, but is that the truth? Could there not be? And the answer is no. On a Navi Emis, if he messes up one thing, if a Navi comes along and says, there will be in the parking lot at this event 33,964 cars parked. After 33,963 cars parked, he gets Misa. It's a Navi Sheker. Really. You can't. The, the, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a test with 100 as the passing mark. It's pretty, it's, you, you don't want to become a Navi in those circumstances. Yeah. What? 99 is failing. 99 is failing. So, and I think today especially, there is a hodgepodge of all sorts of people. Some of them are outright charlatans. Some of them, um, what? Charlton? A faker, yeah. You're a, a, Brooklyn, a, a con guy. You know, like, like, let's speak, speak Brooklyn language. <laughs> you know, a con artist. Uh, and, then, and then we have people that are pure anemis, and they're people who I think they're innocent, but they have some power, and yet they're. Uh, I, I can tell you things. I want to tell you something about my mother, Lashal. My mother was a very fine woman. Um, I did not know her as a prophet in any way. Um, she was uh, she was an old woman when this happened. She was in the early 90s. She was stone deaf, and she was in an old age home that had no from people possibly except for her, and nothing there. Any shaykhs with you know I mean there was kosher and everything, but but the, the facility was a kosher facility and everything, but had no shaykhs. My brother of Nasan Tzvi was nifta. We found out about it at 12 o'clock at night. I don't see Finkel's my brother. Of the mirror. So we obviously right away made plans to go. Um, and what I decided, I used to visit my mother twice a week. I decided I'll visit her the next day. She's where you mother. You she was. She was. Twenty minutes away from from my house. She was in an old home in Washington. Washington. All day. All day home there in the Hebrew home. And I decided we'll visit her. So so that way she won't notice if we won't be where we went for a week. So you know I I didn't want her. Whatever. We come in, and hi, mom. And she says, "You know, your teacher died last night." And I said, "Really?" You know, I said, "Ah." She said, "Yeah, the tall one." 
and they didn't let anybody speak for more than five minutes and they met to make a very quick funeral and we were like thing and they said yeah it was your math teacher in sixth grade now it, it, the, the first part of it was eerie beyond words I mean it happened 12 o'clock at night we were there 10 o'clock in the morning not a single from person there she's stone deaf it, no way somebody could have told her and some of the things she said it, it's true they, they, they everybody had to make a quick thing that it's that and yet you know sixth grade math teacher it, 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 you know it's something which I, I can't explain it but I need to take what it is so in the world there is quasi um, spiritual phenomena but the important point is what does it mean it means there are quasi spiritual phenomena that's it and it does it's not direction for life is that meaningful can life? Can you take direction from it though? No. T direction comes the one place where you can use our minds and rational and see what it says is Torah. Anything that doesn't say in Torah is not. There's a famous story, I forgot who they say it about, that there was a Din Torah and they, um, there was a Din Torah <laughs> where somebody claimed that property the Yishom had was 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 their father had taken from him and borrowed from him and whatever it is and they owed it to him and and he, the, the Allah was he the, the best the dying paskind it was, it was a very famous autumn god I forgot who was he paskind that um it, it, you can't take it from the summon there was no evidence that fine <coughs> all of a sudden he fainted he, the, the, the 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 dying fainted and when he came to he said the nifter, the dead person, came to him and said yes, that that the money was actually taken from the other person, and was stolen, and borrowed, and he owes the other person, so on and so forth. And he can't have any rest and all. So I said, so what's that lacha? He said, lacha remains. It's, uh, you can't take it from the yisomim. You know, visions and dreams and things like that have no bearing on halacha. Halacha, we know, we paskin, and if we use our das and our seichel be'emes, this is what we're held accountable for. The other stuff uh, we're not held accountable for. What about intuition? Anything. If you're talking about a business deal, if you do well with intuition, keep doing it. If you don't, <laughs> you like it. what? You can't, you can't be that slacha. So, so if, if a person has good intuition, doesn't have to be quasi spiritual. Intuition is he, he's got a good sense of things. It, is, it means, you know, what? Did you get married based on intuition? <laughs> How would you define intuition? It's, well, he's asked the question. He should define it. At me. <laughs> no, but how would you? So, at 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 a simple level, intuition is where your mind works in a way that your conscious mind is not yet aware. Let me give you an example. A simple example of intuition. Imagine you're a soldier, you're a career soldier, and you've been in wars and battles, and you walk down the street, and all of a sudden you cringe and you fall, and you you know why? Because you notice the movement from the side and your body reacts more quickly than your mind processes it. That's intuition. A businessman, it, sometimes you, you let, let's take an, an ex example. A person is a businessman, successful. So one type of person has a mind that those can process stuff. So let me analyze it. These and these deals work because this and this, under these circumstances, this and this way. Some people don't have an academic mind but they sort of have that reflex. So anytime somebody offers a deal too quickly, I automatically go like this. I didn't know why, but I go like this. So th those, that's a natural, it's, it's, it's a function where the mind um, bypasses the conscious part of it 
and it, it's just like a reflex action. You jump, and then your mind says you heard a noise. That's, that's how Gashbro engineered us. So that's intuition at its simplest level is a form of that. So getting married is a combination of two things. It's what? I'm sorry. True love at first sight means. True love at first sight means that you're marrying the nose. Because what did you see the first sight? What did you see that first sight? Uh, what does that mean? It means I didn't hear the person speak. I w didn't interact with the person. So, so you saw and you like the color of the, uh, the hair and the color of the eyes. Okay? If, you w if, if that's all you need out of life, might be a good idea. Have fun with that. What? <laughs> you have to live a life. And you have to bring children to this world and, be, and, 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 and have values and goals and ideals. If you only value goals and ideals in life with the colored hair and the colored eyes, it's great. Then, then you're set. <laughs> you don't even need a shot. You just need a picture. That's all. <laughs> yes. I have agreement. You, you, have, you, have good, you have good intuition. I, I, don't, I, I don't have any intuition who they ask the guy. We don't ask him. I think ladies in the middle. Yeah, I have a question. Sure. What's your name? Introduce yourself. Simcha Lady. From? Oregon. Oregon? Portland? Yeah. Rabbi Bratkin? Yeah, I ran to a son at the hotel the other day. Right, they learned that one high school. I was there. I was there for a Shabbos. I did. Uh, I was a scholar residence a year ago, um, a year and a half ago, May. So, wow. Okay. Um. So I'm kind of bridging um the gap between intuition and uh, following following the Torah. Cause yeah. You, when you were talking to Zach just now, you you mentioned something about about uh, the Torah and and if anything's if it's not from the Torah, then it's just not true. But you said something along those lines? No. I said, in questions of what ought I do, true in the sense of what is it that I'm supposed to do? So what I'm supposed to do, I need to start with Torah. Um, intuition can be sometimes sometimes used as a help of some sort. But my first question is halacha. What does Shahar say? So per perfect. And then it's funny because I also had this question... I've had this question, I've been sitting on it, and I don't expect that you'll like necessarily give me the answer, but maybe you'll get me closer. Um, where could, like, where do I draw the line between God's will and, and humans' will? As in, there, there are many ways to interpret things. Um, like, I've been told countless times that, that the, the Parsha isn't directly the truth of what happened. Like, it, it, it is what happened, but we can't take it so literally, because that's where the Christians went wrong. Um, so what I'm wondering is in, in regards to even uh, halakha or, or other measures, I can't distinguish. I literally, I, I try, I can't distinguish the difference between um, God's will and, and some rebellion's will. You know, and what I'm told is, is this is God's will. But I'm saying, okay, but you're telling me this. You're not, you're not God. Okay. I can't distinguish between. <laughs> But at least they think you're almost God. That's a, that's a, I mean, have you, how did you pull that one off? This is, <laughs> like we were trying to do that like in Shiva. For an interview, yes. and someone's like, and someone is delivering you the message, then there's always that, that thought that, oh, I wonder if they, they actually said this. Ever. So, so that's, so, so, okay, so, so let me tell you what that would, let's take an example, a parallel example, and, and this is a reason for something. A, a person has medical decisions to make. Like the times when we have minor medical decisions, major medical decisions. You get invariably conflicting reports from different doctors. Mm -hmm. 
you read stuff on the internet, you can go on the internet and you will find everything anything. Vaccination is life saving, it's life threatening, it it whatever you want you'll find you'll find it there. How do you develop how do you know who so here we're talking about there is a scientific fact. How do I know who to trust? I, I don't have a laboratory where I can experiment. No one has a laboratory that can experiment. So how do I trust? So the answer to that is um, an educated consumer is, is the best consumer. So the more, if I have some idea of you know, biology, med, let's say I know a little bit, and I get a sense who seems to be on top of things, who's an outlier? An outlier might be right, but the chances get slimmer and slimmer the more he's alone and the further out left field he is. One of the most important reasons to learn in yeshiva is to get a sense to be an educated consumer. It, I mean, the, the worst case scenario is you know nothing, you want to do everything right, and you have a hundred rabbis telling you different things. But if you learn yourself, you begin to get a sense, does this rabbi, it's, what's his stature in, in Torah? Is he an outlier? How far out? What, how much part of a consensus is he? What, you know, to get a certain sense of, of, of um, where you're dealing with is vital. And that's why learning yeshiva to a degree where you can make an uh, educated guess is what Hashem wants from you. Yes? So then that, that brings me to two points. First of all, if we're talking outliers, the Jews are the biggest outliers. Yes. Okay. So and another thing, let me finish this question. Like, let me, let me just like there's an outlier uh, scientist, like uh, a medical perspective, okay, that one is different from right. the majority. Jews are different from the majority. Okay. okay. Uh, from the extremely vast majority. One second, one second, one second. Uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. So, so there's, there's that for me. And then another thing is with what you're saying, when you're looking at, uh, okay, how should I how should I treat uh, my daughter? What kind of care should I do, right? Should I give her vaccines or no? You don't really have to make that decision right away, you know? A and you get exposed to a lot of information, and through that, then you can make an educated decision and a commitment to something. Right. Right? So, so in regards to halakha or, or traditions, um, if I'm exposed to information, what, with what you're saying, with that same analogy, then I don't have to take it on right away. If I'm, if I'm exposed to it, and I know that there are contradicting opinions from left and right, then it's up to me to be educated on it, and then make my decision when I when I feel like, okay, yeah, I actually have some stance. But then I'm also told, no, just follow it, and then, and then after understand. Ah, but there's so many contradictions that I have to be educated before I can make a commitment to something. Okay, so two very different points. Uh, let's start with the second one, I guess, because it's close to them, we'll go to the first one. Um, the the level, whenever you start, for instance, um, in high school science books, tend to be a lot more <coughs> dogmatic, um, unnuanced, um, and so on. And then you go to college, go to graduate school, you actually do research, and things are a lot more complex than is presented. And there's a reason why you start with a certain simplification and then you go on. You need to start with a starting point because it's a vicious cycle. If you're not willing to learn from anybody, then you'll never learn enough to make a decision. So you start with something f fairly simple and reasonable, 
you start with a game that seems to be, you find people, find character, and, and this and that. As you grow, the decision you have to make now, right this second, are not major decisions, but as you begin to grow in it, we can get a sense of it. I'm starting with a, with a certain axiom that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And since um, this is where you are at this stage in life, you can gain the skills and knowledge, and you start with a certain point. You, you can't, there's a famous story where, where uh, a Gare came and, and told Hillel, I don't want to accept Torah about Peh. And then he kept on telling him, this letter, is this letter this, this letter that? He said, who says this letter is this, who says this letter is that? Then he pinched him and he says, my ear hurts, who says it's your ear? The, the point is, you must start with something. You pick, at this point, a reasonable decision is, if, if the Rebbeim and, and, and the Mokrom seems to be reasonable, start with it. Go with it. In time, when you feel comfortable and confident enough, then you can start saying to yourself, I do feel comfortable and confident enough, and, and I feel I need a different approach, some, a different nuance. I've heard other things that seems more uh, uh, um, likely and so on. So it's, it's step by step by step. You must start with a step of trusting somebody. You'll never learn science if you have to invent it from the beginning. You start, you say, you know what? There are some people who say the world is flat, but it seems, you know, <laughs> my, my teachers <laughs> don't feel like that. I'm serious. You start with a certain point that you feel is reasonable, and you move on. As far as Jews being outliers, if the entire world had a very strong belief that was quite, quite identical, and we were outliers, you've got a good point. There is nothing like that. And, and therefore, uh, the, the world, there's no consensus of, it, it, I mean, it, it, of anything. There's no consensus of Islams and Christians are both very large, and they both believe equally with equal fervent that the other one's going to rat in hell for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Except that Muslims try to be makdim, makkah, and lepronius, and have them start early <laughs> in, the, in the process. But other than that, and, 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 and most people are, and many people are, just atheists, but they don't. It's no right. two atheists have the same system of ideas and belief of right and wrong. Well, agnostics. What? Agnostics. Well, agnostics. What, what are you saying? Agnostics says he doesn't know. But I'm saying, if if all the atheists had a very strong, if they could explain right and wrong in a, in a, in a very consistent way, most people, it's 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 sort of I feel this is right. I feel it's wrong. There is no. There is not as if, for instance, vaccination Morality doesn't play. What? Morality is a, doesn't play a part in the facts. It, it, no, it, yeah, plays, it plays a part in whether am I the out... Let, let's give an example. Like Scientists want to say, well, let's, let's take that. When it comes to science, so there are a thousand people out there giving opinions. Those opinions are based supposedly, you know, each person is reporting on evidence, and 95% interpret evidence one way, 5% interpret another way. I say, you know what? I think 95% is a very sensible, uh, I go with that. When it comes to philosophy, what is right and what is wrong, no one's dealing with facts. Everyone's dealing with ideas, opinions, um, off the bat, a kind of intuition. So, so I, I don't, it, it's so different than that. Um, it's like telling, it, it, it's, it's saying, let's take an example. If 95% of the doctors say vaccinations, are, of the researchers say vaccinations are life-saving, and and the, the extraordinary rare condition that somebody gets sick, it's not at all. It's 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 not at all linked. We can't link it in any way to this net. 5% say no vaccinations 
kill people, make them this, make that, the other thing. So I have two groups arguing about facts and interpretation, and, and the majority seems to be a reasonable way to go with it. If 95% of artists think that, a, that something has to be a certain way, and 5% like it a different way, like asymmetrical, 95% of artists like symmetrical works, and 5% like starkly asymmetrical works. It means nothing. It means that 5% is, and, and, it, and it, 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 philosophy in its best, at its best, is not provable, it's arguable. It's not provable, and, 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 and secondly, most people don't, have never really seriously thought out their beliefs. And, and you know, whether they're good people, bad people, whatever it is, it's kind of just like that. So I don't see myself as an outlier. Yes, well, maybe some, some yeah, just yeah, a, a, yeah, a new yeah, face. Yeah. Not that everything has your face, but, but uh, <laughs> you call somebody, what? Jacob, go ahead. Jacob, well, from where? From West Hampton, New York. Okay. Um, so I heard that uh, after Mashiach comes, we're supposed to uh, just kill all Malak uh, and Malik. So anyone we see that's a Malik, we just kill them. But um, isn't there a commandment that says, thou shall not kill? It seems a little contradictory. I mean, we don't have to go to Molech. Somebody's Mahal Shabbos who also kill. Doesn't it say thou shalt not kill? Yeah. What? Yeah, that's not a Good question. So, um, so let's go slowly. First of all, I mean, you, you, somebody once came into a shul and he came late. And he, it's, <laughs> what? It, ha- it happens. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he so well. <laughs> so he, he hears the pasuk shema shema skol oyavav skolo shom yashmit. Kadosh watches over his beloved and destroys the wicked. He came late, and he hears the chazan say as kol oyavav as shom yashmit. Kadosh will all his beloved ones and all the wicked ones destroy, and that's the most perplexing thing I ever heard. The next time he came on time. But he left early, and he heard the chazan say, "Shem Hashem has called over, has called Hashem watches over his 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 tzaddikim and the wicked." Then he had to run out, and uh, and didn't hear the second part. So now he had two problems. It doesn't make any sense, and it contradicts what he heard the day before. He finally <laughs> came on time. He heard both sentences, and he put it together. <laughs> so Hashem said, "You shall not kill except for these cases." That's the big picture. The big picture is God is the source of life. And God said, A, B, C, D. In this case, it, it, I'm not allowed to kill. I have to save a life. I'm, 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 I, I, if somebody meets all the criteria of being killed um, for killing, the, the, um, that's the obvious. That's the simple. Now, it, it says you're not allowed to desecrate the Shabbos, but Pikuach Nefesh is Docha Shabbos. You can't pick one word when the Torah gives you 25 words. The Torah gave me different, I put the big picture together, that's the big picture. There's an interesting Zohar Kaddish, and he says as follows. I don't know if you're familiar with the Trump, but in the Trump is not there just to sing um, the, the words, they are in effect punctuation. So they have, they come in two varieties. There's what's called a Mesharis and a Mafsik. Mesharis means the words should be run together, a mafsik means that the words have a pause to some degree. There are three levels. And that's really what Trump is about. The Zohar says in Lo Sirtzach, the Lo has a tipcho, which is a mafsik. So you don't say Lo Sirtzach, that's not kill. You say Lo Sirtzach, you shall not kill. 
The Zohar says it gives me a flavor that it's not absolute. Thou shall not kill. But there are times where you do kill, like, like the cases we gave. I want to add to that about a Amalek. I want to, there's something that bothers me a lot. You, you, you get all these cries whenever there's a terrorist attack. Kill out all the Arabs, they're all Amalek. They should be killed, this and that and that and that. It's, it's extremely upsetting. And I'll explain to why. What? Yes, obviously uneducated, but, but, but let me, let me, I want, I want to tell you a Rambam in Mornavuchim. It's the same Rambam that, that, in the same period that he speaks about the things before. The Rambam's asks, if you look at the end of Ayishlach, there's this mind-numbing list of who married who in Asaph. It's, it's like, when, when why does anybody that? care? Yeah, the, I see somebody else had the same question. A whole period. A whole period. <laughs> he married, he married. Why? It's hard, it's bad enough we have no our yichas. Why do we have no Aesop's yichas? Yes, the cousins. <laughs> but I mean, oh, 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 oh. Black thereof. What? Black thereof yichas. Yeah, the, 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 the <laughs> so, so the Rambam says, and this is extraordinary, Rambam Mornabukum says this. Akadish Baruch who prohibited shedding any blood whatsoever. Shedding blood is a terrible thing. One exception, Amalek. Now, Amalek, what? One second, let's, let's finish, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll go back on that. One, uh, one, one exception, Amalek. So the Ramam says that Amalek was part of the tribe of Esau, of Edom, they intermarried and so on and so forth. It could come out, we could come out of, uh, it, it, it's possible we'll fight against the nation, and these people are look like Amalek kind of people, they're just sort of, you know, they're, they're intermingled. And it says the Torah did not want us to spill one drop of blood that we're not allowed to. So the Torah gives a clay yichus so that unless we identify very positively, we don't kill. That's how, that's how. Now, going back to your point, if, imagine you had a prophecy, a vision, 100 years ago, 120 years ago, you're standing somewhere and a vision comes to you, a prophetic vision, a true prophetic vision, go into this hospital, go into the, into the NICU ward and kill this baby. You would say, no way God, you, you've got to redo your Bible again. <laughs> now, this child is Hitler. So all the people that killed, or it's Stalin, or it's, or, or it's, or, 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 or it's, what? Oh, Saddam Hussein, or Pal Pat. Eurotzeach, somebody who refused to kill a Nazi because he didn't want to spill blood, he's a Eurotzeach. The only one that can make that statement definitively is God. People can't say that, but God can say that. If Hashem said Amalek, then letting Amalek go is bringing the next Hitler to the world. Could I say it? No. And it's don't, saying that killing is, un, is, is never permissible means that you would let a Nazi go. You wouldn't, if you'd see a Nazi running away, you wouldn't shoot him, you're a murderer. That's what you have to bear in mind. Or someone who, uh, what? Somebody kills other people. Somebody what? Somebody kills other people. What? Again, again, the, the, the Torah. Believe me, that's what I'm saying. The Rambam was saying. I, I want. I want to explain something. The line of morality is a tightrope. If you kill somebody when you didn't need to, and then then you are a murderer. And, and, and if you kill, didn't kill somebody when, when you needed to, you are a murderer. It's excruciating. It's something that it's not light. And that's why 
it, it, either the voices that say killing is never right, or the voices that say kill, 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 both of those are not Torah voices. Torah voices agonize. And, and the Torah gave us categories, the Torah said, and it's, it's a lifetime of agony when you need to. Being a soldier is an excruciating test because you need to kill without compunction when you need to, and you need to, to, to not kill and hold back if I, even, even if you are emotionally ragged and so, so forth. You know, all of these things, killing, killing a prisoner when he's bound up, letting, it's asking a lot from a person to be ready to kill at a minute's instant, Instance and 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 not to and not to and to hold his fire no matter how fired up he is if it's wrong. It, yes, it's a, it's the ultimate test. What was it? What time wise we were holding? Shai. Shai, go ahead. What? We have all day. What? Yeah. We have all day. <laughs> <laughs> I have a five boss who's gonna. Five. What? Five, 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 five more minutes. Okay. Shai. What's your name? Shy. From <laughs> Shy as a name or Shy as a description? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. No, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe name is the source of the person. That's more than just a description. Where are you from, Shy? I'm from Staten Island. So I have two questions. Um, how do you? Uh, we're going on the whole killing situation. Um, how do you? How do you see um, the Israeli army in that, in that way? Like when, when people are, people join the Israeli army, great people, religious from people join the army and they're going around killing as well. They're not. I'm saying in some situations. First of all, I, I I do believe that the Israeli army is on a higher moral standard than many other armies. Um, whether I think it's a good place, it's about not a good place, but I still think I, I still believe that the that the lens they go to to be as as you know Taranesic is I can't judge somebody else. I've never been in a you know, in, in, in the bunkers myself and in trenches and I can't judge other people. But um it, 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 it I do you know, I do believe strongly that, 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 that they do as believe me that they they are, are of the most moral, if not the most moral force. And and I'm sure there's and there's plenty of faults. You know, that that's and, and I, I I'm humbled I've never been I've never faced those tests and I can't sit and say most of the people who, who face those tests. You know. Uh, you have to. Yeah, I have one more. Well, one, yeah. Um, Prisha Bucker is going home for summer for forever. When when you go home and you're holding on a different level than your family or your friends, how do you go home and try to cope with that and try to uh, structure? Yeah, make structure for yourself. That's kind of your level of from. Or so, so, so there's two parts to it. First of all, um, it's it's good if you find a place that offers you a place to recharge, a kolo, a yeshiva, some sort of serious. Satan Bar has a lot of things going on. Um, you know, there, 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 there. I know the kolon, there are yeshivas there. I know this. So, so finding a place where you can spend some time of the day there, just so kind of you feel connected still. And it's also important how to interact with people that are different than you. And in, in, in the fact that you may be, um, have different standards in your family, but you need to relate to them well, even, and again, every situation is different. Sometimes you get a situation where there's a bit of negativity, a bit of you know, fun at your expense. You need to be careful not to be baited. 
most people respond well. One of the tests to see if a person is, is really where he is, is how comfortable he is when people um, make fun of him, tease him, are antagonistic to him. A person who's comfortable with himself has no problem with it. A person who's not comfortable with himself lashes out and, and things become a battleground. I think it's important to uh, have that type of, you know, it, 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 and, it, and it takes some because sometimes it's very annoying. You've struggled to be at a place where you want to be and then people just crassly make fun of you, mock you, say unkind things. If you're comfortable with where you are and know it's the right thing, you can take it and then, and then people come around to it. If they feel that you're comfortable where you are, they'll come around to it. So you want two things. You want a place where you can connect to, um, so that you, 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 you always have, you know, it's like today everybody's always busy recharging their stuff, the electronics. You need a place to recharge. And you and need to be able to understand that it is where, where you've come to, people don't have the benefit of having been in yeshiva, heard these things, learned these things, thought about these things, argued about these things. It's, they just feel, you know, you're, you're being unnecessarily from. But if you're comfortable with it and you act pleasantly towards people, People will come around to it. Um, yeah, what's your name? Daniel Rue. I'm from uh, Arizona. Um, what does Rue think with that? Well, I'll speak on myself. I'm young, so I have a chance to, if I move around from the world, I think you're going to set up my life without kids, wives, and stuff like that. With, there's a lot of Jews that live in America that get very comfortable living in America. And they enjoy the American amenities. As a young person, do you think a person should set up his life around? How does a person think living in Israel versus living in America? Um, is he asking specifically Israel versus America? Yeah. So it's a, it's a question of <coughs> it's it can you can you live physically in Israel? Will you have what it needs? Parnassal-wise, etc. There's a there's a different economic dynamic in America and here. Um, two. Culturally, religiously, slash religiously, do you have a niche that you fit in? Do you have a group of people that you would feel comfortable that this is your hevra, and your kids are raised that way? Remember, you un what what will raise your kids more anything else is the environment, um, the school, and so on. So if you're uncomfortable with anything around, then you need to think long and hard about whether living here makes sense. If you're comfortable with around and you feel that you could make a parnasa one way or another, um, then ashray, someone that can that can, can make it. That's a stroll, that's a stroll. In many ways, it's, it's, a, you know, it's, it's extraordinary. I lived here 25 years right across the street, um, you know, but, uh, I, I, I love that. I love many of it. It's it's extraordinary. It's a, it's a ruchnistic environment uh, that in many ways is unparalleled. Um, I'll tell you my, something happened yesterday. Just kind of on the way from the airport, my son drove us, and the car broke down in the middle of the highway, um, Pancha, and um, a, a, a guy sees us. He um, he didn't stop his car. He made a reverse down the highway <laughs> on the <laughs> <other side>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and pulled us oh, over. Um, a guy from a with a gun in his back pocket, and he spent a half hour with us 
changing the tire, doing this and that. And then, and then we offered him some money, and he said, Zeharetz. And, and he just said, and that's, you know, and, and it's a stroll. What? So a guy, a guy driving backwards, doing a reverse on, on which one is Israel, and a guy spending half hour and refusing to take a nickel for it. Um, you know what? There, there, there is a, a ruchness here, there's a simplicity, there's a reality of life that is different. People that grapple, a newspaper in America grapples, it deals with nothing. A newspaper that's destroyed every day is a new calamity, a new catastrophe. <laughs> it's a lot more real. And, Politics, you know, pe- pe- I don't know. Uh, so if you're mismanaged, it's the most real thing. But, but at l- if you have to read a newspaper, here at least, people are wrestling with real issues. So, so there's, there's something about a view that I saw that's extraordinary. The question is that many Americans that didn't make it socially, didn't, their kids are neither here nor there. You have to be able to fit into a society. That's a very critical. Is yeah. It wrong, is it wrong to be comfortable in America? That's really like you, you know what? S- some people. Like the new Poland, we went to Poland, so that's like the idea. Everyone got very comfortable in Poland. I got comfortable in Poland. Who got comfortable in Poland? Huh? It's an impression. You know, we were in Poland. The Shabbat was in Poland last week. Yeah. It's an impression he's relating is what? Is that they they got very they call they it Poland. Jews, the Jews Poland. in Poland call it Poland. Well, the, the, the issue was, first of all, when they called it Poland, the other alternative was Spain Inquisition. So, <laughs> and, and, or, or Germany, or, or Germany the, the pogroms, the, the Rinderfleischberg, and so on. No one was confident in Poland the last 200 years of it. Um, and the Israel was not an option. You have to be realistic just to ask yourself, if, can you live the life here? It is simpler. It's less comfortable. Some people they can do without problems. Some people can't. You can't live here like an American. You need to live like an Israeli. If you can, and, and you have a, and you feel that you're part, you have a subsection of society that you're part of, then Ashrecha. Now that it came up, actually, uh, we actually had a tremendous trip last week yeah. to Poland. We visited both concentration camps like Donna and Auschwitz. And right. also, uh, he brings a beacon. Right. It's in history. Can Doshiba comment on, obviously, it's amazing, on, on something about the Holocaust so you know, maybe you know that we were we were confronting, you know, the tragedy of Rav Hashem and Shmuel Could you comment on uh, something that to take from such a trip? Yeah, obviously, was it? Um, I, I was there actually last year, and I was very taken. I I mean, where I, exactly? Where? where I did Poland this year. I went to Poland to to, to Polish places. They, oh, oh, they, I, I, I saw Poland and three strata of history, the the Gdole 1500s. Which mid 1600s, which was where all the Gdolei Achronim were. Every single, every single safe in the back of the Gemara and on Shacharach was from Poland. Marsha, Maram, Marshal, Sma, Bach, Taz, Shach. This was all Ramah. What? This is all Poland. Then you have the, the, the Hasidic movement. And then you have the Holocaust, and the, the, the disbanding of everything, and resurgence of some new Judaism, like Beis Yaakov, like Yachol, like things of that nature. It's so it's complex. It's it. I, I guess the one thing I'd like to an observation. In 1945, if any intelligent person was asked, "What's the future of Judaism, and what's the future of Torah Judaism?" Any intelligent person would say, "Zilch." In 1945. <laughs> Europe was destroyed. 
America was assimilating rapidly. I remember, uh, I, in my memories of the end of the 50s, beginning of the 60s, when Orthodox schools were rapidly becoming conservative. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and people were becoming, every generation was less religious than the generation before. Israel didn't exist yet, not as a country, and whatever was here was stragglers. They had a few orange groves here, a few orange groves there, a bunch of kibbutzim. They had uh, how many yeshiva people, how many from people, very little. So if someone were to ask, what is the future? The answer would be zero, zero. It's, it's, it's totally irrational. Less than a hundred years later, we have a phenomenally vibrant Yiddishkeit in Israel, <coughs> an extraordinary country, a country beyond expectation <coughs> in any way possible, shape or form. We have in America a, a resurgent uh, Orthodox Judaism, Torah Judaism. We have things in Europe. We, we, we have a, a, a so much. And if you're looking for a miracle, this is extraordinary. It, it, it's it's unbelievable. I, I mean, that there's there's nothing that really, w you know, it's 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 extra, I don't know. To me, seeing, understanding what was and what is is, is just extraordinary. And and you know, it's it's it, I think that's something I reflect on. Is there an explanation? So you know what? Some just need to look. You need to notice. It's 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 something that you need to just say yourself. I don't have explanations for it, but but but. I see something. What are we witnessing? I don't know. But this is this is something like it's. You know what? It's like Moshe Rabbeinu by the snare, trying to figure out why is the snare not gone. That that's really and and it's not that we're surviving. It's it's we, we there never was a period in in, in in memorable Jewish history where had so many people um, learning actively pursuing Yiddishkeit, vibrantly pursuing Yiddishkeit. It's a, I mean, my days a group of people like here who are coming to look. For for strengthening the Yiddishkeit and understanding it, and 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 you know, and with with a lot of uh, self-sacrifice and a lot of you know pushing, was unthinkable. My day, in my generation, was the other way around. At the end of high school, the question was how many kids remained religious, not how many kids became religious. It was incredible. Going to yeshiva, I was one of a handful in my high school class. Out of sixty, maybe three, four of us went to yeshivas afterwards. And and look, so. Yeah. One last question. One last question. Ellie's been waiting. Ellie, I'm, from where are you? Uh, I'm Ellie from uh, Stamford in London. Stamford, London. Um, yeah. I've got a slightly unusual question. Uh, yeah. Which, what would be your email address so we could contact you for future questions? So. So I'll tell you the following. I have an email address. I type excruciatingly slow. <laughs> so I tell people it's better if you call me. Um, I'm usually home in the afternoons. Not, you know, usually the afternoons work for me. But I, I, if, the, if, the, if, the, if it requires a yes or no answer, then no, yes. No, uh, no, um, numbers are also great. Go on. 301-649-1489. And that's in America, obviously. So it's a Any one. relevant like, area codes or anything? I mean, Three uh, one is the area code. Okay. And uh, one is the country code, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So, but again, it's usually the afternoons my time, three thirty to, to six ten to work. Um, but you know, so whatever. It is. So that's the time. The other times are usually in Shiva, so I'm not. Uh, Washington time. Yeah. Like, can you repeat how many hours is that? Three oh one. Six four nine. Seven hours. One four eight nine. You're you're living both, right? 
Mm-hmm. You can be home in the summer. Yes. You can come down. You, you don't. You don't have to bother to call. You can, you can come if you want. Whatever. Fine. So, so you know. So 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 I. I mean, it, it's easier. On the phone, I usually get distracted. You know, so there'll be another call. Something that if you come in person, it's not far. It's it's, it's we have a bunch of boys. Well, it's not far. You can. Uh, uh, you know, Yosef Miller. Sure. Yeah, he was a great friend of mine in middle school. In where? Middle school. Ah, yeah. right, 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 right. Okay, he, 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 then he, they, they moved out. They moved to, to Silver Spring. Right, right. <laughs> I'm so frustrated about that. Why? His father used to give me my uh, my chinas <laughs> for um, for chandas. <laughs> His father. So when he moved away, I didn't have anyone. They're great people. Okay, what's your name again? Glitz, what's your name? Dixler. Dixler. D-I-X-L-E. Where do you dab in Shabbos? What's the, what's your, your parents? Either Shomre or River Gross and Shomre. Oh, I know them both. I know so right. I'm, right, I'm right between Nir Tumman and, and Shomre. Okay. I also know Ellie Terrigan. And Hanina Reich, you know? The Reiches? You don't know. I've, I, I've been in both. I was a scholar in residence at... I split it between Rabbi Marwick. I know Rabbi Marwick is a silver swinger. So I, I, I know him and then Rabbi Gross. I've known over the years. Pinny Gross. Wonderful, it's like wonderful. My dad's cousin. They were special people, very special people. Yeah. Ashrech. Okay. Good. Okay. Thank you.